0: When there are no meetings to make, how do you stay clean? Stay tuned to find out. Good grateful morning. Thank you for tuning in to the Pink Cloud Podcast. Are you looking for answers that you think that you want? Are you exhausting yourself mentally over minuscule details? Let me ask you what are you doing for yourself today i challenge you to surrender to accept that no matter where you are in your life you are where you need to be i promise you let's not think about the future i know that our stress levels are at an all-time high employment rent our relationships the entire human population is on edge So let's take this leap off that edge together today invest in yourself starting from now the most valuable thing in your life is you it's not your home or your car value your intelligence your compassion your empathy learn to listen to other people's needs Let's try to meet one another where we're at instead of always expecting others to come to us. I want you to do this for one week, second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, whatever it takes, realize your value. Whatever it takes to be the best version of yourself, do it. I know it seems hard and I'm not gonna say it's easy, but I'm not asking you to change the world overnight. Start small. Just get out of bed in the morning. Brush your teeth. Make a healthy breakfast. Decide to put the right foods in your body. Decide to drink more water. These small actions can bring life-changing results. I can only speak from my experience, but when you focus on your mind, body, and spirit, and when you start worrying about others, your life gets better if you believe. Be your hero. Be your champion so that one day you can be someone else's. This is, this my, story. is my story. This is my story. This is my story. This is, this, story. is a story. this is my story. I'm here with John Fleming Wood. Uh, and uh, I'm going to break his anonymity because he said I could. So yeah, you do, that. Can, You know that <laughs> I do, and um, we go w- way back.
1: Eleven, 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 or twelve, almost. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, ele-
0: no. <laughs> eleven or twelve years, and um, you know it's interesting. And I, I wanted to bring you on because you are one of the few people that kind of knows both sides of me, right? You know me in active addiction, and you know me um, in recovery, and we've both come such a long way in our journey.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that.
0: And we have both experienced, um, you know, similar things, but but in different aspects of of our Mm -hmm. of our recovery journey and our life journey, um, dealing with loss, dealing with incarceration, dealing with just struggles through staying clean. And I know that we are both similar, that losing our mothers was a traumatic experience for for both of
1: us. Like, you know, I was taking her to the hospital on on Memorial Day, September 1st of 2011, and she had a pulmonary embolism in my passenger seat, and she was fine one minute, and then she was, like, trying to climb out my passenger window the next, and, like, it just, it's, it messed me up, man. Like, it really messed me up, because I was high as gas when it happened. Like, I told her I had a rehearsal early in the day when she asked, and, um, you know, I, you know, she's like, okay, come by later. And I blamed myself, not realizing that like, you don't find aneurysms or embolisms. It's not something to go looking for. No, you don't. And I couldn't have stopped it. But like, I remember in all my anger and my arrogance shouting at this guy for God did not take her. Like, don't you fucking take her. Like, you, you know, you're not going to do this thinking I had, I had brass balls at that point thinking that I could petition God with my rage it messed me up. Like, I, I mean, you remember I went off to do that at that point. I, I definitely know, I mean, like Vinny, Vinny Burke looked at me at one of his parties and he was like, look, I'm just worried about you that you're going to purposely check out with substances. And I went, you know, Vinny fuck it. if I can't beat him, I'll join him." I don't and know. It, like- and at
0: that point, at that point, and I I've been there and I, I can just assume, and, and you know, you, if, if I'm wrong, correct me. But at that point, when you say, if well, I'll just beat him, I'll just join him," Like who cares? You know, I'm if I die, whatever, you know, that that's, yeah. Oh yeah. I I'm didn't give ready. a shit
1: if I to die at that point.
0: Yeah. And it's like, every time I stuck a needle in my arm, it's just like, okay, I don't care, whatever. I'm taking a chance. I'm taking a chance. I'm taking a chance. And I never yeah, once I, yeah. thought about it. You know, it's just like, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's my life. It's normal. And like, well, we, we sit here and we are able to talk about this stuff and, and laugh and, and, you know, just reminisce and, and stuff like that. But it's like when we talk to people that have not even experienced anything like this, like when I share my story to normal people, they look at me and they're like, this is fascinating. And I'm like, this is life, you know, that it's- or it scares the piss out of them. Exactly. But, they're, you know, they're just like looking. I'm like, this is interesting because to me, this is just like my life,
1: you know. Yeah. My- like this is this is what I've been doing for years. It's like, you know. I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to tell you what it, what it was like, you know, and I don't need to tell anybody in the rooms what it was like to be strung out in Boston, living under a bridge. Cause in some aspect or another figured figuratively or literally you get it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. For you explain that to a non addict. Like that's kind of like the old saying is, you know, to explain addiction to somebody who doesn't have it's like explaining a headache to somebody who doesn't have a head. Exactly. Like, and they're just, like, they're just not going to get it.
0: It's like um in December and in January, I was kind of going through a low point, you know, I had some stuff going on in my work life and and things like that. And it was just all kind of bringing me down. And I was in a different area. And I wasn't around my people. And, yeah, you, you know, I, I, I was just out of my routine. And um, I just felt beat down. And I remember saying to some, to someone, I was like, you know, I just feel like I'm at day one of recovery. And they they instantly think, oh, my God, he's about to go shoot up, you know? And I'm like, no, I just need to tell you where I'm at mentally, you know what I mean? I'm just beat down, I'm low, I'm lost, I need to reset, you know? I'm not about to, to go to shoot up, but mentally I just need to get back to my basics, you know? And it's, it, I can say that to you and you get it. You're just like, you need to get back to basics. You say it to a normal yeah. person and they got red flags flying up everywhere, you know? Yeah, I
1: think you're going to steal their person, go cop and fucking an Anacostia <laughs> or something or for you hey. Diego or something. And,
0: you know. Yeah. Exactly. And it's but like, I don't got no money,
1: know. you know, it's yeah, and like for me after that, like it was, it was a long road. You know I mean? My bottom was two dead parents, a rack of legal charges. You were clean when you went into
0: incarceration.
1: Yeah. I had right three then. weeks and two days clean. I detoxed at, <laughs> at, uh, at, uh, at Rivendell out in White Post. Um, you know, where my, my sponsor and he doesn't care. Um, you know, you know, Hugh McGee's my sponsor. He's the director out there. Um, you know, like I lived there probably in a similar fashion to when you were there. Like I lived there for like two and a half, almost three months. It was a month long program. Like there were maybe three clients. It hadn't been restructured to the way it is now. It was, it wasn't bare bones, but it was different. And like, you know, and, um, and
0: for anyone listening, John is talking about Rivendell recovery center in white post Virginia. Yeah. I would treatment. recommend it.
1: Would save my life. I if, mean, you know. and
0: mine. And if you, um, if you are struggling, no matter where you live in this country or this world, you find Hugh McGee and and go give yourself a chance. You know, yeah. that's
1: that's. Yeah, I mean, like that's 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 the thing. Like you know, it's the last house on the block. That and, yeah. That, like, I got kidnapped by uh by Tina H yeah. after a meeting and dropped off there, and she said, "Can we keep? I found one. Can we keep him?" You know.
0: well, that's like you telling me to get on that bus, you know, at the meeting when I came up to you and homeless and I was couch surfing and I was on the street and I was low. And I remember that day distinctly because it was cold. It was February. And I went to a church that morning because it was freezing and I needed somewhere to stay warm. And then I remembered there was a noon meeting at Edge Hill and I, I walked there and I sat down and you were there. And I just kept looking at you the whole meeting, you know, and I just kept looking over at you. And I remember coming up to you after, and I don't remember what I said, you know, but I just remember this feeling of, I'm so glad there's somebody here that I know. And I just remember telling you like, Hey, I overdosed. I'm trying to get my stuff together. Do you have any suggestions? You know,
1: you also said I need help. I
0: need help. I, I figured I did, but I wasn't sure.
1: Yeah, know? no, you were kind of foggy. Uh, I remember what happened. I said, yeah, give me a second. And I stepped away and I called Billy."
0: Now from that moment to where we are now, you know, and it's even like you, you went into jail clean, you know, yeah. clean. And I went into jail my last time that I had to go for my outstanding warrants clean. And yeah. the mindset, <laughs> the mindset of going into incarceration already clean rather than ripping and and running and just coming in off the streets oh is a huge huge just leg up in there you know as far Again. as just mentally and the mindset because you're not thinking about getting out and going to use you're thinking about getting out and how can i fix my
1: life well i'd never been to jail before a long term like that I, I went from treatment with three weeks and two days clean um to jail with t- with you know where I had to pull almost a year. So it's like one of the, like, I don't remember all of the little th- mantra, whatever thing I used to tell myself when I was trying to fall asleep, which in the first six months and meth psychosis, and I'm a, I'm a speed freak by nature. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know you go you know, up, I
0: go down, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm cokey, You're dopey. I get it. Yep. Um, like, you know, like I just remember telling myself, like, you know, you can do this, you'll get through this. Like they can't hold you here forever. Like yeah. don't get in any like don't get in any sh- any trouble you know like like i mean i may or may not have smacked one of the other guys in the face with the tray but in my yeah. defense he said something about my dead mother it was around the anniversary i don't really recall that's what you I know what? Told.
0: i did things when i was locked up that i'm not proud of but you know what when you are incarcerated you have you do to, what you to you do what you need to do to survive because there are i mean i know i was in there with people that are down the road for life. I slept with a a piece of the uh, the pencil sharpener underneath my mattress that I had sharpened because I remember waking up one night and hearing somebody get beat with a lock because I was in an open dorm, you know, and it's like, you just get you get into a different mindset. And like you and I Yeah, we were, you know, dope fiends and, and ripping and running and all that stuff. But we are not. You know, we're addicts. You know what I mean? We're not criminals.
1: You know? Yeah, no, I think, criminalizing, and I think criminalizing drug addiction is, is, um, is just absolutely ludicrous. 100% um,
0: and, and you know, I, with everything going on in life, the system's broken no matter what the color of your skin is. Yeah. The, the, the system is broken for human race, no matter what. You know, when I got out of, of jail for my felony possession charge, which I didn't even have any drugs, you know, um, yeah. I'm $8,000 in debt how and they won't let you off probation you know or let you get your license at that time unless you pay it
1: yeah oh no it's a rigged system and criminalizing drug addiction is is akin to putting a band-aid on a severed limb yeah it just it it, it doesn't work it's totally asinine and draconian in process because even at bet at the worst case they just sit there they stew the addiction gets worse and worse and they go out and they get high and it's it just attribute it contributes to the high rate of recidivism not only in, in winchester but in this country and, and in the best case they kind of work like a three-quarter like 75 percent sort of program drug pods you know like they're excuse me offender reentry programs um are helpful um and i went in there but the people most people are court ordered there they're there because they have to be i went in to pass the time but most people don't want to be there we we need we need to start treating we need to be more solution oriented. Absolutely. And, and rather than, than problem-oriented. Stop yeah. locking people up, especially for marijuana and petty crimes.
0: Exactly. You, you know, when, you, when you're problem-oriented, you create more problems. This is your moment. Take a minute. Close your eyes. And picture your better tomorrow. Today on the Pink Cloud
1: Podcast, part
0: two of our interview with music therapist, Tom Schweitzer.
2: Watching you over these years, and you know, and, and something I will be able to say on this podcast that a lot of other people will not because they don't know you as long, is I do know that you are somebody that music swept in,
0: that
2: <laughs> music took in, that you getting up on stage and having a voice and allowing music to express yourself and socialize and connect it was so obvious. And how old were you then? Were you 18? I
0: was, I was just turned 18, 17, 18.
2: Yeah. So obvious Boomer and how, and then from that point on, you wanting to be a part of the world of theater and music. And the reason that people, you know, there's, there's, there's a big connection too between uh, some mental health Mm -hmm. and those people in the arts, right? Yes. Yes. We are all looking for a place. We're all looking for a place to express ourselves. And then music has this innate way to be a conduit for our emotional self. And in music therapy...
0: I might get the name wrong. Um, I can't remember if it was Jack or Ryan that you worked with um, who had the OCD song? Jack. Jack. Okay. So I, I found that interesting in, in hearing you talk about that because you, you sang the song that he sings whenever he feels OCD, right? Yes. And in my head, I think you already know where I'm going to go. How could somebody, could this be, I, I'm instantly taken to, this could be something for somebody when they feel triggered to use, right?
2: Completely. It's the same, you know, obsessive compulsive is addiction. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Jack, Jack might want to go to the sink and wash his hands another 80 times. Another person might want to go to the bottle and pour another glass of wine or vodka or something. It's the same thing. And for somebody his age at that time, we created these songs so he could stop himself. Uh, you know, one, uh, one song he and I created too was about flushing the toilet because he had this thing in his head that he had to flush the toilet a hundred times. Now you know <laughs> what their water bill was like. Yeah. And then I think what you saw on um, that, you know, he would wash his hands to the point that they would bleed. That's how many times he'd wash his hands. So, as soon as he turned the spigot on, we got that song in his, in his head and he would start to sing it to himself and it would just remind him Turn that spigot off. Yeah. You know, and I think we changed some verses too, like, you know, things he could do, like go talk to your mom so yeah i think you know it's conditioning it's Um,
0: conditioning that's that that's all recovery is is conditioning the first the first days are hard the first months are hard it gets easier because i condition myself to not want to use and to not think about it so that's exactly right it's conditioning i think you
2: can use some music to condition yourself especially during those first couple months yes like I'm going to sit here and then, you know, I know, you know, all those tricks, you know, I'm going to have the hot chamomile tea with honey. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like all the things. So I have liquid in my mouth and I'm holding it. I mean, I've been around it enough to see it. And once again, just being somebody that does drink alcohol to make sure I'm always in check. Yeah. I mean, like I said, before the hospital, I was doing something like, well, on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, I'm just going to drink tea. Yeah. Once you lived with an addict. Once you saw it go down so quick, and then you watch yourself kind of like just doing a little bit too much, you become your fear of your father.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know
2: know you live that. Uh, You know, we are, we are, you are part your mom, you are part your dad, and so am I. Yeah. So when it comes to like the things they suffered with, you and I are making a choice we don't have to. And these obsessive thoughts, like the cycling, sometimes gets there too. The music stops my cycle. And the music might stop somebody like a Jack from washing his hands. It might stop somebody, you know, and then like we said, conditioning. Two months later, that person hears that song uh, in the car and they're like, oh, that's a good feeling. That means I have control. Yes, of something.
0: Yeah, and music can help you find that control. Right nice. When you and I think right now during COVID, it's important because the music can be there when you can't love yourself, when you can't believe in yourself, when you can't be honest with yourself and you can't have another person there with you. Yes. The music and the lyrics and the notes and the key, everything, everything can do everything that for you.
2: They're right beside you. And it, it might really bring up emotion. And that is that's why we're drinking in the first place. Yep, that's exactly right. It's to come up. That's but exactly right. Let it come up and then play something that is just wild and crazy and let yourself just go. You'd be shocked how much you you can move on to the next moment and not get stuck in it.
0: And I think that's why I've, I have always loved you and respected you is that it's all about helping people. Right. You just said it right there. It doesn't, and, I, and I'm the same way, right? It doesn't matter oh. what it is. I just want to help somebody. And, and I think that is what is great about you also and what you're doing at a place to be is you are everybody's champion, oh. right? And, I, you, and the world needs more people like that. And you. you know? yeah, they, th- they thank they need, you.
2: Yeah, they need people like us because yeah. we know we have failures and we know we're vulnerable and we know that we're fragile. And all we're trying to do is help another human.
0: Are you ready? The time is now. What are you waiting for? How many times have you told yourself, I'll start tomorrow, I'll get clean tomorrow, I'll be a better father tomorrow, I'll stop cheating on my girlfriend or my wife tomorrow? What if we don't have tomorrow? Let me help you get there today. Do these simple actions. Start telling yourself you love yourself You believe in yourself. I know it's hard, but get honest with yourself. What are you hiding? It could be small or it could be enormous, but secrets keep us sick. I'm asking you today to free yourself. I don't have an answer for you, but what I know is the only answer is to be happy, joyous, and free. And I know that doing these things for me these simple things has made me a better friend, a better uncle, a better brother, a better father, a better human being. Don't you wanna be all of those things? I can't do these things for you, but you can. So realize your value today, invest in yourself. If no one told you that they love you, That they believe in you. That they are proud of you. That you are valuable. I am all of those things for you. Until next time, this was the Pink Cloud Podcast.
2: I'm moved.